and welcome to a festive edition of Look Who's Talking. I'm Anna Larkin and joining me here on New Year's Day at Christchurch are Stephen Kurt. Hello. And Nathan Larkin. Hey there. Plus our special guest for this month, the chair of the fun committee and a member of the 9.30 singing group and keyboard player, John Cook. Hello. Happy New Year, everyone. In this special Christmas edition, we'll be talking about all of the Christmas services here at Christchurch the role of the fun committee within our church and we'll also be talking about the Queen's speech on Christmas Day and her role as a very prominent and public Christian figure. We'll also talk about our motto verse for 2015 and then to round off the show we'll each be talking about our favourite moment at Christchurch in 2014. So lots to get through, but let's start with our Christmas services. Mm. There were four main Christmas services here. Um, we had the children's carol service in the morning and then carols by candlelight in the evening on the Sunday before Christmas. And then on Christmas Eve, we had a midnight communion service, which went on into the early hours of Christmas Day. And then the United Christmas service on Christmas Day itself. So Stephen, if I come to you first, the children's carol service appears to be the one that you enjoy the most. Is that the right <laughs> conclusion? And is it a deliberate attempt to combine nativity and panto? Well, actually, the truth is that my, my favourite service of the entire year at Christchurch is actually Christmas Day uh, itself. I absolutely mm. love uh, that service. But a very close second, just narrowly up behind, comes the children's uh, carol service, which I must admit I do absolutely love because of the chance to get dressed up, to get dressed up in costume, and uh, I wore a rather fetching angel costume this year with uh, a very fetching 80s, uh, 80s wig, 80s mullet, um, but I love the fact that the children's carol service, the church, church is packed to the rafters with hundreds of children all dressed up as shepherds with their tea towels on and angels with tinsel and wise We came men. as wise men. You did? Yes, yeah, we did. It was noted. You were there in costume. Yeah. I broke my frankincense on the way out of the house, which was a <laughs> bit of a tragedy. You broke your frankincense? Yes. Yeah. Was there a sweet smell around when you came back? Or not not just broken wouldn't. glass all over the floor. <laughs> but yeah. don't, don't you ever come as a wise man, Stephen? <laughs> well, having done for two, years, buy it. for two years, having come as shepherd pie, uh, and led the service with Susanna as Angel Delight. I felt I needed to ring the changes this year. Mm. And uh, so basically I decided to come as a rather butch uh, angel <laughs> in Gabriel with uh, Susanna as Gabriella. Um, that mullet though, I mean, we've got to talk about that mullet. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, that was last minute because, uh, you know, I got Tom Collins to, uh, to make angel wings for me and I okay. wore my surplus. I felt people at 9.30 ought to have the opportunity to see me in robes at least once. <laughs> um, so I wore my surplus, I wore angel wings and at the last minute I thought a, a, a wig was needed. Mm. Um, and, uh, and that turned out to be the biggest talking point of the whole service, really. It's definitely it was, something I'll never forget. Yeah, I was getting so, flashbacks to Pat Sharp in the, in the early 90s. But of course, the theme of the children's carol service was uh, what sort of story is the Christmas story? Mm. And actually, although it is intended to be fun and, uh, you know, as, as, as Anna said, somewhere between nativity and panto, there's quite a serious theme to it as well, where we're wanting to sort of re-examine the Christmas story and to, you know, pay some close attention to, to, to what it's like. And the reason for having people like Brian Stewart playing Herod... He was a fantastic he is beard. A fantastic <laughs> brilliant beard. He is the trump card, isn't he? He is, absolutely. <laughs> he is to draw out, you know, the fact that the Christmas story, as well as being one that is uh, affirming of those on the margins, like the shepherds, those who didn't think they were included within God's people, like the wise men, is actually, um, you know, a scary story as well. And has got, you know, 
God's response to tyranny and injustice right at the heart of it. So children's carol service trying to be light-hearted, but also trying to be quite serious and sort of, um, you know, teaching us central truths about the Christmas story as well. Mm. And John, you were there as a shepherd, weren't you? Oh, an angel, angel was it? No, I was a shepherd. Yes, yep. I had my uh, Leeds Rhinos tea towel on my head. <laughs> <laughs> so, good chance to wear that in church. But no, it's great, it's great fun. It's, it's nice for, uh, for all of us in the singing group to be given um, musical instruments to, be, to, to play as well, while we, the kids were busy wearing their costumes. And we, we got to shake and rattle and whatever else you do. So, <laughs> that was good fun. Good fun. I great. have to say, you already mentioned the Christmas morning service, but I thought it was absolutely fantastic. It was the first time Anna and I have got to be around Christchurch at Christmas. We're usually back home in Ireland or up in Leeds with some of Anna's family, but to be here and get to all the services, and um, I, I didn't really know what to expect on Christmas morning, but... Um, I love the sermon on It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah it was good. brilliant. Very well, that was, um, that was inspired actually by a comment that Katie, my wife, made about two days earlier. She'd hate me for saying this, but I will anyway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> about two days before Christmas, she said, and I was thinking, what do I do on Christmas morning? Because when you've preached on Christmas morning for several years, you do think, well, what, what can I do that is sort of relatively fresh in terms of the Christmas story? Mm-hmm. And Katie, a couple of days before Christmas, said, oh, I wish Christmas wasn't happening. And I thought, that is the perfect, <laughs> that is the perfect idea. I'll do about what would have happened if Jesus had never been born. And It's a Wonderful Life is probably the most popular uh, film uh, to do with Christmas. And of course, the plot of It's a Wonderful Life uh, is that uh, the central character within it, George Bailey, is shown what would have happened if he'd never lived. And mm. uh, this angel called Clarence comes from heaven and shows him what would have happened to all these people's lives if he had never existed. And at the end of the, uh, at the, end of the film, uh, order is restored and George actually has lived and he gets to sort of see the massive difference that his life has made and he realises it's a wonderful life. So I thought we'd do the same with the Christmas story and we'd look at what would have happened if Jesus had never been born. And so we had Mary coming on and uh, a wise man and a shepherd and Herod. And uh, the idea was to get everyone to reflect on just how radical and world-changing uh, yeah. the birth of Jesus is. I felt like it was a really fresh angle to look at it, you know, because I think you often hear the um, don't forget Jesus, don't forget Jesus in the midst yeah. of all of the um, Christmas things. But I think to a lot of people, they're still left with the so what? You know, okay, yes, Jesus came, and the, but what mm. does that mean? A lot mm. of people don't really know what yeah. difference that made or what, uh, and to, to spend a bit of time thinking, yeah, you know, if he wasn't born, what would the world look like? I thought that was really... Uh, <laughs> Good I couldn't believe how many people there were there either. It was yeah, fantastic. yeah, it was. I mean, it was slightly smaller than uh, quite often on Christmas Day. We get about 550. I think we were near <laughs> about 410, 420. So it can be bigger than that. Mm. It te- depends a little bit on when Christmas falls during the week. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think um, particular credit should go to Brian Stewart for his fantastic yeah, brilliant, best supporting actor. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. So it was good fun. And then, of course, we had carols by candlelight the week before Christmas in yep. the evening, and that was a wonderful service. It was brilliant. Yeah. Um, and we get a special choir together every year to sing at carols by candlelight. And John, John, you were a member, is that right? You? Yeah, I was. It, it was. it was great fun. And, and I, I always think about back to, uh, to Christmas um, carols by candlelight services back in, uh, back in the north when I was a kid. And, and there, the, the choir there was a similar kind of thing. It was, um, it was a regular... Uh, more practiced one than ours 
but it was composed largely of people who struggled on stairs normally, and then suddenly, <laughs> for one night only, they found themselves negotiating stairs in the pitch dark, uh, arm, armed only with a candle and a jam jar. And how on earth we didn't burn the church? Well, that's that no idea. Really, the spate of churches burned down. The first thing for me is that I always think back to that, and they're, and they're great memories. But um, you're right, we do, we do um, cobble together a kind of scratch choir. And, and I think great, uh, great credit and, and, and huge thanks go to Claire Jaggers, who, mm, uh, yeah. who um, I know from my own experience as a teacher, in December in the evenings, all you want to do really is go home and, uh, and flake out. And she manages two or three times a week uh, to, um, to try and get us into some sort of shape. And she's fantastically <laughs> patient with us. And, uh, and it's quite a challenge. Fantastic. Well, it's quite a challenge uh, because yeah. we, are, we, are, we are really... Um, uh, we, we are really a, a very broad church. <laughs> <laughs> there, are, there are people of considerable musical experience and, and people of none at all. And she gets more out of us than really we have a right to deserve. And I, yeah. and I think by the end we make a, a half-decent sound. And it's yeah. a nice balance, really it strikes me as well, between being um, not too highbrow, you know. Yep. Um, and I think there is a balance at, mm. at, at carol services between congregational singing. Yeah, of that's very important. I, I mean, you've yeah. emphasized this, haven't yeah. you? Yeah. But some lovely. I mean, there was one really um, uh, recent item which they sang uh, the choir, which was absolutely wonderful as well. Mm. So to me, it was a mm. sort of lovely blend mm. of the old and the new. Really. Yeah, and also I thought a really nice. Uh, as the youth worker, I felt like a really nice um, blend of, of younger and older members in the choir as well. Yeah. Yes. So there's quite a few, yes. about, about six, I think, young people in the yeah, choir. Sure. So yeah. that was really encouraging to see. And, and we tried with the readers to get a sort of balance of ages and across the three services mm. and uh, to represent the sort of breadth of Christchurch and those who are who are doing the readings as well. So uh, the other thing I love is that quite a lot of children come. And, and I particularly enjoy the fact that Quite a few children who are used to coming at 9.30 to the sort of use, they, they only know a shush-free approach to church, they yeah. don't know anything else. So they come <laughs> to this carol service and they, they're quite sort of loud and they don't wreck it at all, I think no. they really add to it. But to actually hear a hubbub of children's voices in the background, uh, to me, makes it you know, that much more sort of authentic, really. Yeah, and the idea as well of having, sorry, Anna, the idea of having the, uh, the mulled wine and mince pies, I think, is, has now become... It's almost a tradition now, I think, isn't yeah. it? Come, so, come for the carol, stay for the mold wine. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a nice <laughs> little social time. I think back until 2009, back. there was an alcohol ban mm. at Christchurch, and it's, it, it's funny to, to think how... Sort of how long ago that now seems, yes. but of course that wouldn't have happened before 2009. No, sure. no and of course the, the mulled wine and mince pies are arranged by the fun committee, which brings us on to our next point. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The church has a fun committee, and John, as the chair of the fun committee, uh, what do they do? What's it all about? What's it for? Well, fun uh, is the acronym for uh, Friendship Unlimited Now. Um, <laughs> that's, what it, that's what it claims to stand for. I, I, fun, yeah. I think, is a, is, a, is a much more appropriate way of looking at it. Um, and one of the things, I guess, that's happened here in the in the recent past is that uh, the services have changed in their nature um, and we could have if we were if we weren't careful we could have three quite distinct congregations at 9 30 uh, at 11 and at 6 30 mm. and one of the things that the fund committee aims to do is to try to make sure that the church family is indeed still a church family uh, by providing um, all of us with events that we can all get involved in um, so that we can uh, mingle with one another and maintain that sense of fellowship across mm. the whole church family. And I know it must sometimes seem as, seem as if we're arranging 
um, events more for one group than another, but we, we honestly really <laughs> do try to be as inclusive as we can. Yeah. And just uh, yeah. as an example, uh, our next event, our, our bowling and film night, mm. um, we, we deliberately put those two events on the same, on the same day. Uh, the bowling, actually, surprisingly, isn't, isn't just done by, uh, by kids and teens and, and young competitive parents. Uh, we have competitive old people, yeah, too. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, absolutely. We've yeah, had yeah, people in their 80s and 90s who've really bought into that and had some fun with it. Uh, and then the idea is that we all come back here into church and we have, um, uh, we have tea, we have hot dogs. Uh, and then the film, uh, title, incidentally, of which is to be announced at a service coming very soon, so listen <laughs> oh. to that. Uh, the film takes place shortly after the tea, so those arriving just for the film who haven't been bowling can still socialise with those who have been bowling, uh, and we all have a bit of fun. And, and in the past, been things like the together. Queen, hasn't it, or the King's Speech, yeah. or things like that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Life yeah. Of Pi. Yeah. Last year, I think we've had so. sing-alongs as well. I think we had a Sound of Music sing-along and a Mary Poppins oh, sing-along. That, that was when funk was first started yes. back in 2004. And we were we were all a bit less sure of ourselves about this new venture, and so we went with a Sound of Music sing-along and had. I think it was 55 people in costume. We yeah. had you know, loads of people coming as nuns. I came rather daringly as a Nazi <laughs> officer. Prince Harry had inspired that. <laughs> oh, I think it was the other way around. I think you inspired Prince Harry. <laughs> yeah. That's what I heard. No, I think we, Anna and I, um, we weren't that, I don't think we were at Christchurch back then, but um, no. yeah, for the Mary Poppins one, I had the genius. I'm, I'm good at coming up with ideas, but then I don't think it through to the point where I have to wear the thing. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, we, we came as a tuppence and a bag. I got to be the tuppence. <laughs> yeah, so I just <laughs> walked in around all evening in a bin liner, but um, yes. yeah, no, it was good. It's always yep. great fun. But I think going back to the, the purpose of the whole, uh, the whole um, committee is to try and, as I say, to try and organise things that will bring the whole church together. Yep. Mm. And I think yeah. that that has happened uh, this year uh, on one or two instances particularly. Um, perhaps no, nowhere better than at the Harvest yeah. uh, lunch where our great brand friends are involved as well. And yep. that really is uh, a meeting of the old and the young. Yeah. Um, mm. People from all of our services uh, who... Um, <laughs> who managed to make that uh, make the miracle of the of the transformation of the of the one quiche and the two lettuce <laughs> into a, 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 a lunch for about 250 people? It's fantastic yeah. the way that everybody does actually buy into that. And they don't appear to be listening yeah. to the services when they're <laughs> the need but to bring. Please bring food, otherwise there'll be nothing to eat. No, they are and you up. get the impression that nobody's listening, but, but actually it does yeah. happen, and it's but brilliant when it does. The idea of Unity Sunday, which we did mm. last July, I think, came directly out of Funk because we were thinking about what could we do that would bring everyone together Every in a unified way. Yeah. And the idea of the harvest lunch and the treasure hunt that followed actually came mm. first before we then thought, well, we better have a united service to, mm. um, you know, to sort of be together as one people. And I think Unity Sunday is going to happen every Sunday. Every, um, not every Sunday, <laughs> uh, to some degree every Sunday, uh, but every year uh, now, annually. Mm. And, um, and Funk plays a crucial role in providing the wrapping around that. Really. One of the great things about it as well is that we've tried over the years, we've, we've, we've realised that um, the more we have to invest financially uh, and invest in other ways before an event, the more difficult it can be. And so we're, we're a little bit more, uh, dare I say it, on a wing and a prayer now. And quite often we've found that even if we haven't organised, say, a kitchen team before an event, uh, it just sort of happens spontaneously, mm. and there is a there is a great sense, and it happened again after after the harvest event, mm. just as it happened, I think, after the. Uh, this is nothing to do with the fun committee, but just as it, uh, it also happened after the the grapevine Christmas lunch. Yeah. A, a team kind of evolves, yeah. um, and it's terrific. Yeah. Uh, mm. You get that non-agenda-driven teamwork, yeah. and, it's, yeah. and it is fantastic to be a part of that. And it has great. changed the sort of church we are. I mean, we set up Funk. Um, 
back in 2004, um, and you know it was it was quite early on in my time uh, as curate here. Um, but it was Stuart Stuart Downey, the then vicar. He was 65, um, and we organised a surprise birthday party for him. And there weren't you know there were social events happening sometimes, but they were rather ad hoc. There were rather large gaps between them, and uh, you know I was able to. Um, Plan this surprise party for Stuart, and I gathered together the people who around who seemed most likely. John was one of them. Helen Hancock was another. Um, and really, funk grew out of that, really. Mm. And it's interesting to reflect 11 years later how much, as John's just said, uh, doing social events and everyone sort of, you know, joining in and making them work is now very much part of where Christchurch is. I think most of us realise, Stephen, that nothing could subsequently be as terrifying as performing the sketches that you, uh, you, wrote, <laughs> you wrote for us for Stuart's birthday party. So. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's all seen more straightforward <laughs> since then. <laughs> it was good fun, though. <laughs> well, um, we like to cover events from inside Christchurch, but we also like to look at what is happening outside Christchurch. And, um, and I thought we could discuss the Queen's speech on Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. Um, people have said that it's, it's one of the most effective forms of Christian witness that we see around today. And we talked um, on the last podcast about Christians in the media. Yep. And, uh, and I don't think it occurred to us to mention the Queen no. at the time. Mm. Um, but um, she, she speaks very openly about her faith in, the, in the, um, the Christmas Day speech. And I think she is doing that increasingly as, mm. as the years go on. So I, I wonder whether any Everybody else saw it and, and what they thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, never missed the Queen's speech. No, I do hope she's listening. I have to say, I, I, as a kid, we never did in growing up. Um, but uh, so I'm, I'm not sure quite what the speech was like um, ten years ago. But I have noticed over the last four or five, maybe even six years, that. The Queen seems to be becoming more and more daring in how she's talking about her faith. It seems to mm. become more um, clear, uh, more uh, concise, and, and straight to the point. She said, "You know, I, I've been really impressed at the way. You know, I think a lot of public figures, um, politicians have different role, I guess. But the temptation when it comes to talking about faith is to talk generally, to talk um, about faith." that everyone else has and, and kind of leave hints. And, um, but the Queen's been really personal in the way she's talked about her faith. She's talked about her prayers for the nation. She's talked about um, the challenge that Jesus brings to her. And the other thing that I find really um, encouraging is to hear about how she talks about the person of Jesus and focuses on, on who he is and what he challenges us to. So yeah, I, I was really impressed with the speech yeah. this year. You don't have to be a sort of ardent royalist to admire the Queen, do you? Um, no. You know, in that, um, you know, I think a lot of people, um, well, most people that I know, deeply admire the Queen for, you know, what she's done and for yeah. her dedication and the care with which she she speaks. But as you say, Nathan, you know, she's also brave and she's daring um, because that, in some, it's doing something that's not done in many other spheres. Yeah, and I think she talked a lot this year about reconciliation as yep. well you know she talked about the referendum in scotland leaving a lot of people um happy but also a lot of people not so happy about the, the result and um talked about different things that have happened through the year and ways that we can come together and christmas being a time that yep. and, and jesus being a person that has um, reconciliation and peace right at, at his yep. core so she's in a unique position as well isn't she because she is apolitical mm. but yep. she has got that particular platform which yep. yeah. on which really uh, the canvas is blank isn't it she's yep. up to her to do what she wants Mm. And I think she, she, 
uh, interestingly now, uh, her longevity uh, and I think the example that she set uh, has given her a kind of gravitas and it's, yep. it's uh, very interesting that she's chosen, as you say, to be more overt about her faith mm. in the last few years. Yeah. Uh, but it's also quite a daring thing to do, isn't it, when you, when you think about how uh, inflammatory that might be seen to be. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but she did talk about, uh, she used the phrase other faiths and none, didn't she? Yeah, yeah yes. she's incredibly inclusive. The idea actually, of inclusivity yeah. Was, yeah. was quite at the heart Absolutely. of what she was saying. Yeah. So, uh, very interesting. I mean, John, you're the history teacher here. <laughs> I'm an ex-history teacher. <laughs> but, uh, you know, do you, think, do you think the monarchy is in a strong position? Um, and does her, does her role in it help? Well, I think there's a, there's a difference between the monarchy as an institution and, and the monarchy um, from the point of view of the, the, the personalities who happen to be in it. Yeah. Mm. Um, and I think it's probably not an exaggeration to say that the monarchy's had... Uh, it's had peaks and troughs in her time, I think, mm. on the throne, hasn't it? And I think perhaps 20 years ago it wasn't in a good place. Um, and I think uh, more recently... Um, I think the, the, the personnel who are at the forefront of the monarchy are, are more popular and, and seem to be more dedicated in, a, in a, perhaps mm. an appropriate mm. sense. Yeah. Uh, mm. I think um, Catherine seems to have done a, have been a real shot in the arm. Yeah. 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 She's been terrific. Yeah. And the um, fact that there's another generation now yeah. as well, I think that people yeah, they're really, hugely popular, really buy into um, that. And I, I think well the Queen herself has been, has been um, instrumental in that because she's been the one constant, uh, perhaps when the when the institution was less popular. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but I think now it's, uh, it's, it's really um, in a better place yeah. than it's been for a very long time. I've heard it said, time. though, that the monarchy may not be quite as strong as people think, because, it, you know, or the question raised, is the monarchy strong enough to survive a bad monarch? In that the Queen has done it so well that the monarchy can look stronger yeah. than yeah. it actually yeah. is. Uh, would we be, um, you know, if, if Charles doesn't suit being... Uh, the monarch as well, and, yeah. and it may be more difficult for a bloke to do yeah. that sort of role. We've been so used to a woman doing mm. it for so many years. Uh, I think he will want to be more outspoken on political affairs. I think he'll mm. find it a lot more difficult to be yes, he will. to have the neutrality uh, she has had. So, and also, yeah. just people don't really want to look at his face on a coin. But you see, he will handle faith issues differently yes. for yeah. a start. Now, perhaps a bit more in tune with what people expect, actually. Yes. Yeah. Um, he said he wants to be a defender of faith rather than a defender of the faith, didn't he? Mm. Yeah. Famously, yeah. 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 15 years I mean, I guess it would help that um, not too long around the corner you would have Will and Kate, who are so popular. So, I mean, yeah. I, I, yeah. I can't imagine um, in my lifetime that particularly changing the... Although Edward no. VIII was a popular Prince of Wales, wasn't yeah, he, John? That, that and uh, didn't turn out to be a very good king. Well, nothing stays the same for long, does it? Because, yeah. uh, we've, as you say, we're all used to the Queen and, and we, she's had this longevity and it seems as if she's going to go on forever, but she won't. Mm. Uh, and, and when his time comes, nor will Charles. No. no. So we're, we're, I guess we are in for some change. And mm. I, I don't think it does to, to be too... Uh, to look forward too much. It's mm. very difficult to know what's, what's going to happen. And the yeah. Scottish situation this year is that's really taken off very recently, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it came out of nowhere, really. Yeah, absolutely. And, and there's, no, there's no, no reason to think that there might not be another attempt, maybe, in mm. the next few years yeah. for mm. that to be uh, the, the independence issue to... I mean, it's not going to go away, I don't think. So uh, where will it be in a few years' time, who knows? But uh, mm. it, it, it will be different, that's for sure. Yeah. Mm. Well, as we look to the future... Um, we can reveal um, exclusively the new Christchurch motto verse for 2015. Oh, wow. Yes, you heard it here first. <laughs> Come on then. <laughs> Don't leave our, us our motto verse comes from Romans chapter 15, verse 4. 
For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. That mm. is the verse for this year. So, Stephen, how did you go about choosing the verse, and, and why did you settle on this one? Well, we always have a motto verse each year uh, at Christchurch, and certainly over the last few years, uh, I've seen that as something that should guide at least part of the agenda of, the, of, of, of mm. Christchurch for the coming year. And the reason I selected this particular one was because during this year, I think it will profit us to have, well, there's two reasons, but the first of them is that I think it will profit us to have quite a good look at the Old Testament. And, you know, Paul says in this verse, everything that's written in the past was written to teach us. He's talking principally there, or entirely there, about uh, the Old Testament. And in Romans and in his other letters, Paul shows how the whole story of God's people contained in the Old Testament reaches its climax in the coming of Jesus Christ and how every single bit of it, the more difficult parts alongside the more uh, easier bits, are intended to teach us and to guide us to be able to follow uh, Jesus more fully. Mm. But quite often when Christians look at the Old Testament they think, well, there are some parts of it where that can be fairly clearly seen to be true, but there are other parts that seem much, much more difficult. Yeah. So during this year, we're going to particularly focus on trying to get more of a handle on the Old Testament and how we should interpret it and how it can be really meaningful and relevant to our, to our everyday lives. And that's reflected in the preaching program for, for January and February, mm. where we've got a big emphasis on the Old Testament. Yeah. Well, Nathan and John, if I bring you in here, do you identify with this problem that Stephen's just described? Do you think the Old Testament um, poses difficult questions yeah. that you'd welcome answers yeah, to? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think it's a, um, it's a real challenge, actually. I've, I've, I can remember even, even now, Stephen's talking, a few conversations I've had this year with, uh, with friends who, um, when, when talking about some of the more difficult parts, as Stephen mentioned in the Old Testament, especially um, some of the violence we find there um, <laughs> from the children of Israel, some of the violence not, not only... Place, it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It doesn't really seem to be kind of condoned by God, but seems to be ordained or ordered by God. Um, I think that, that kind of thing can be a real challenge. And uh, what I've had in, in, in conversations with friends, and, and I think, um, as Stephen mentioned, is this temptation to say, well, we've got Jesus and the New Testament, so therefore, let's not dwell on any of that. Let's move on. We've got uh, a better revelation of God in Jesus. So, um, yeah, it's almost like that's become irrelevant. It's maybe a different God, or it's you know, and I, not, I don't think anyone would ever articulate it that way. But, but there's a real temptation to to read the Old Testament like that. Yep. For, for me, the verse really resonates for for two reasons, and they're both to do with teaching. Um, I guess as a history teacher, uh, the idea that, um, that everything that was written in the past was written to teachers is something that I have to buy into. Uh, yeah. Otherwise, I feel the whole, the whole last of the last 32 years was a colossal waste of time. <laughs> now, um, I've said this before, that um, there'll be generations of Hampton boys queuing up to confirm that the last 32 years have indeed been a complete waste of time. <laughs> uh, but um, I, I, I guess the issue of what you learn and, and what, the, what the Old Testament in this instance teaches us is the, is the crucial point, isn't it? But that's the first thing for me, the idea that, uh, that things written in the past do indeed uh, have the capacity to teach to those who have the capacity to learn. But the second <laughs> thing is the, is the point about encouragement. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And that, I think, is, is absolutely central. Um, mm. And again, as a teacher, what you hear f constantly from parents is, oh, we need lots of encouragement. And quite often you hear that from parents whose children are those who are most difficult to encourage. <laughs> um, but, but as a teacher, that's, we, we all know that that's what we're supposed to be doing. 
Um, but actually, I know from my own experience, and I'm sure Stephen will confirm it, that, uh, that actually teachers themselves need lots of encouragement. Oh, yeah. yeah, we all um, do. And all adults do, in yeah. whatever yeah. capacity they're in. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and I think it's uh, occasionally when, when, as teachers, we do receive it, and sometimes it comes from unexpected quarters. Sometimes it's, it comes from the pupils themselves, from whom, uh, to, to, be, to be fair, you don't really expect it. But when you do get it from them, it's fantastic. Yeah. And when you get words of kindness and encouragement from parents too, or appreciation, it really does make you feel 10 feet tall mm -hmm. and so I think that that applying that to to our own yeah. lives here at Christchurch is a is a terrific thing so uh, yeah. in in any capacity so for people who organize I don't know the grapevine lunch for people who, who perhaps don't preach very often or even yeah. those who do preach regularly to to be told that um, you know that that what they said really reached somebody today or was really helpful or whatever just a just a gentle pat on the back wherever appropriate I think can can have a, a disproportionately positive effect absolutely on mm -hmm. yeah. no, so I think, I think this is a this is a really a really positive verse I think there. yeah I mean I d that was the other reason as well as getting us into the Old Testament more and helping to understand it that word encouragement to have quite an emphasis this year mm. at Christchurch on the various ways in which we can receive encouragement and then be sort of driven to share that encouragement more with other people. Absolutely. I mean, church should be a place for that uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. everywhere. I mean, I, I, you were talking about how the little things can be uh, mean a big thing. Mm. And, I, and I know personally, just having received a few really lovely Christmas cards from mm. parents mm. of young people I work That's with. Brilliant. with you know, just that little bit of encouragement, and it, it mm. means a huge amount, and it gives you uh, strength to go on out and keep going when you. Yeah. And it, it's also what you fall back on when mm. you're starting to have mm. doubts, mm. or you're starting yeah, to think, is this, so. "Is this working? Am I doing any good at all?" Um, to have those little words just there in the back of your mind, rather than um, what we can so often turn to those kind of negative thoughts. And but similarly, you know, it's also a challenge for us as a church because just as the small things that are said uh, can be encouraging, can do a lot of good. You know, little things that are discouraging um, can do a lot yeah, of damage sure, as well. Sure. And I know, you know, I, I mentioned getting cards for uh, Christmas with positive things, but I do occasionally get the odd letter in the pigeonhole through <laughs> someone who I'm sure, or people who I'm sure are trying to be encouraging. Um, but when it doesn't go right, you know, and, and they uh, criticize, it can make a huge difference. So those little, um, little words that we speak to each other are so important. And that's where we've got to be very different from the outside world because I've Absolutely. talked to people at Christchurch who will say, um, sort of horrifyingly really, that they never receive any encouragement at all in their nine to five jobs. Mm. Uh, mm. It just doesn't happen. Don't get me which, started. Which I, find, <laughs> which I find really quite bizarre because actually encouragement isn't just the right thing to do in terms of sort of some abstract principle, but encouragement is the way that you get the most out of people because Absolutely. you do give courage to people to be the people that God made them to be. And, uh, you know, you have all these courses on motivation that people go yeah. on to, don't they? But actually, when you are able to uh, reflect back to someone that they've done something well, mm. then actually what I find happens is they grow a bit more into that person who they potentially are. Yeah. So, so you, you almost see them growing in front of you, really, uh, in having the greater courage to do the things that they can do even more. Take bigger risks and uh, you know, yeah. try new things and all of those things that, that, that only come when people feel encouraged and secure yeah. and uh, mm. capable. Yeah. But that also makes it, makes it practical also and possible to be a, a little critical where Absolutely. that's appropriate, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Because if the yeah. spirit is, yeah. is positive, then you can, you, you can receive um, perhaps 
some constructive criticism Absolutely. and more, yeah. and more so, appropriate. Because otherwise, if people can hear that but coming at the yeah, end that's of the, right. the sentence, that's the only thing they hear, but actually people mustn't be able to hear that, I think. Mm. Um, that must come as something sort of relatively uh, rare, unless people are making an absolute disaster or whatever, <laughs> whatever is happening, which yeah. is normally the case. Mm. Mm. Well, um, in the, the motto verse also makes it very clear that through the encouragement taught in the scriptures, we might have hope. Mm. And at a time of year when, when we're looking ahead to the new year, to 2015, and all of the things that, um, that, are, that might happen and that might, that might come, um, it's a good time to look back at the last year um, and the things, the things that went well and the, and the ways that we were blessed. So um, I thought we could finish the show by talking about each of our high points for 2014. Mm. Mm. It might be that you've got many, but I just want one. <laughs> your top one. Our personal favourite. So John, if I come to you first, what was yours? Well, it, it continues very much on the theme we've just been talking about, actually, the idea of encouragement, because um, as many folk <laughs> are listening to this will know, uh, Helen and my daughter Rachel was involved in a, in a uh, an overseas trip to Tanzania in, um, in 2014, uh, between April and July, and uh, we were really blessed in that Stephen really bought into it and gave it mm. tremendous high profile in the church and uh, helped Rachel tremendously with her fundraising specifically um, and reinforced her in all kinds of other ways too. Um, but my personal highlight, therefore, is uh, the, fun the particular fundraising day um, mm. when you two... Is this the car wash? The car wash, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, when, um, when you two and lots of other helpers as well came along, I think James and, uh, yeah, and Rebecca did, yeah. came along, and uh, people who we'd no right to expect to help us at all, really, uh, really came along and, and lent their support and their muscle and, and whatnot. And uh, <laughs> I have to say that by the end, by the end of the morning, we'd bacon butties made by Craig Edwards as well. It was, yep. it was really terrific, <laughs> in a real positive sense. Um, by the end of the morning, I think we were rearranging the dirt on people's cars rather than uh, <laughs> as the, uh, as the sponges were getting, as the sponges were getting heavy in the hand. That's right, but they, the they did Claire still Daggers, pay. Claire Daggers, I think she left with yeah, more dirt on her Claire's, car than it Claire's than it car was, was redesigned in a... In a <laughs> Yes, in a, oh dear, that, she was very sweet about it. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but then later in the day, we had uh, everybody came back to us for lunch, and then later in the day, we had um, we had the quiz night, yeah. uh, and there's always a, a retiring collection there, and that went towards Rachel's um, Rachel's fund as well. Um, and by the end of the day, she she was 800 pounds better off for her for her projects in uh, in Tanzania, mm -hmm. and it was monumentally reinforcing for her. Um, and also for us, and, it, and it's, um, it was a really fantastic thing that people bought into what she was doing mm, so well, yeah. and were so interested in it as well when she mm. was away. Um, and I constantly, had, Helen the same, we constantly had people who were saying to us, oh, how's Rachel getting on, how's, how's she doing? Mm. And these were people who I didn't even realize knew that she was attached mm. to, uh, to us in any way. So it, it, was a, it was a fantastic encouragement for her. I know that she really, she really felt it. Um, and wonderful for us that, uh, that everybody gave her such support in it, Financially and in and in so many other. Of course, she came back and too. preached, didn't she? Yeah, and she kept a blog, didn't she, while she was there, which enabled yeah. people yes, to yeah, see how to keep in touch with her. Yeah, and I mean, as a, again, as a youth worker, though, it was so encouraging for me to see one of our young people going out and doing this, and also for some of the younger ones to have someone to look up to, someone to aspire yeah. to, and and they all got really behind it and were down doing the car washing. At yeah, it's great. Successful. It coincided with Member Having Dadley. You see, that's yeah. why the bacon bus is That's right, because Member yeah. Having Dadley was happening that morning. 
morning. So it was a, it was a lovely, and it actually was quite a sunny morning for March. Wasn't yeah, it, it was. <laughs> well, that didn't that didn't help. Uh, don't don't get me started on how difficult <laughs> it was to get the cars clean. But that was our excuse that the water was drying straight away. And, uh, <laughs> it, was, it was it was a minefield. But anyway. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, days good. like that though are always some of my favourite in the mm. year because mm. you know, and, and alongside a lot of the kind of funk things we talked about earlier, um, things like harvest and. Uh, and some of those other events we'd mentioned, because it's days like that when, when a really random bunch of people who have no, as you say, no other reason to yeah. be together sure. are united behind mm. something important. A project, yes. and, yeah. and it's when church is being church, and yep. we are, we are um, just showing all of the different things that, that church is about, and I, mm. I just think that's an amazing thing for other people to see, but also it's just an amazing thing to be a part of. It's really yeah. encouraging, yeah, it's really it fun, it's yeah. really um, mm. great to get to know people that you otherwise wouldn't, and um, so yeah, that was, that was also one of my highlights. Um, the one I did say we should have won. Yes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there, there were any number of events to pick from but actually I think what I've one of the things I've really enjoyed this year is being part of the team of people who've been regularly meeting with the architects mm. and oh, yeah. um, planning for the new yep. building coming you know and being able to tell the young people we well, you it is coming you know you'll have a new hall to play in where you don't break your foot on a radiator and you know all, all, all of these that's just things that's, that is just me I'm the only one who's actually done that. Aslan is on the moon <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I think if you, you know, the, the young people are genuinely excited about that because um, for some of them they will just about get to be in it before they go yeah. off to uni or whatever. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> and it's been talked about for so long, yeah. But, but it, it has been, um, I, I guess again, to keep going back, but it's been encouraging for me to see that as a church we are um, putting so much energy and effort into um, building this for, with the youth work in mind, with the children's work in mind, yeah. and, and building it for the young people of this church in many yeah. ways. And yeah. Um, so yeah, that's been, that's been brilliant. Yeah, well hopefully the work will start in uh, January. Uh, we've got this great architect, Roger Molyneux. Um, and one of the reasons for having all these meetings, and actually John, you were part of the group that met to, to discuss the interior of, it, it, of, of church. In of a very strong way. Right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yes. I think one of the reasons I wanted to have these meetings is to make sure that in two or three years' time, or, or, or later than that, we don't say, oh, why on earth didn't we think of this? Yeah. Why yeah. didn't we think mm. of this? So sure. the, I mean, there probably will be things that we will mm. not have covered, but the aim is to try and make sure that these new halls are completely fit for purpose mm. for the ministry and mission of this church. And as Nathan said, you know, the whole reason for having them is to make our ministry towards children and young people mm. more effective. Yeah. Um, so hopefully that will happen. Mm. What about you, Anna? Have you got a favourite moment? Yes, I think my highlight in 2014 was the ID course that we ran for oh, teenage yeah. girls. Oh, so yeah. um, I ran it along with Helen Collins, and we had a very small group of teenage girls come along on a Friday night um, every week for, for a few weeks. Um, we ordered a takeaway of their choice. Yeah, you, got, you got to eat some wonderful food, didn't you? Yes, I did, yes. I hadn't had KFC in years, and after that, I, I remembered why I don't eat KFC. Oh, it's lovely. I love KFC. But, well, the girls loved it, so that yeah, was amazing. Well, um, and then after we'd eaten together, um, we, we had a discussion based on issues like um, relationships and self-esteem and identity and things like that. But on the, on the final night of the course, we had a sleepover, mm. um, oh, which, were, which was great fun. It's um, interesting. Helen and I got sleep. I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> That's all that matters. So, uh, so we, we went out for dinner together. We came back and we had a, a chocolate fondue. And I think that we rounded off the evening with... Um, with Marac Attack, Miranda Hart's exercise DVD, <laughs> which is an experience I'll After never a takeaway. Yeah. <laughs> After the fondue and the takeaway. Yes, yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> but yeah, no, I, I loved um, being part of planning that course and, um, and seeing Anna and Helen deliver it because um, it has been, you know, we've talked about it on other editions, you know, self-esteem in, in teenagers. And it was very similar to the course um, that we ran for the boys called Man Made. And for so many young people, there's not a, a rite of passage as, as they change from children into adulthood and and to be able to give the um, young people a chance to discuss some of these things some of the changes that they experience and some of the issues that they face uh, and to be able to root their identity and that was the real aim of it is for them to root their identity in, in who God says they are and what God thinks about them and uh, yeah it was a real privilege to be a part of that as well mm, yeah. and, and a crucial part of our strategy as a church I mean we want all of our young people, we want all of our adults as well to, um, to really um, find their self-esteem and their value in what God believes about them and mm. what God you know, um, loves about them. Um, and uh, you know, our young people are under pressures which are just increasing all the yeah, time. Certainly are. And mm. so the more that we can do in terms of affirming our young people and getting them to uh, receive a level of security that means they then make good rather than self-destructive uh, absolutely. Back to encouragement again, vital. isn't it? Totally. Yeah, yeah encourage is all about yeah. encouragement, yeah. Uh, about encouraging them to be the people that God made them to be, which is why we've made that the, the motto of Christchurch School, becoming the people God made us to be, mm. is, is really the, the challenge for all of us to have the courage to go on and be that person that he, he wants us to be. Mm. Shall I pick my moment? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, I, it was interesting because I asked my daughter, Abby, I said, well, what's the best thing that's happened at Christchurch in the last year? And before I even finished the sentence, she said, oh, the Jonas trip. Yeah. And oh, uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, those listeners who don't know what that was, for the last three years we have sent a group up to Redmire in uh, the Yorkshire Dales uh, to a place called the Jonas Centre, which is run by some of our missionaries, the Eastwood family, who run a centre providing affordable holidays uh, for people who otherwise wouldn't have holidays. And quite a lot of work needs to be done up there. So about three years ago, uh, the idea was, was uh, banded around that a group of us should go up there and what's happened over the last three years is that quite a lot of um, young families have gone in particular, not exclusively young families, but we've gone up there and had a really, really great time, including people mm. who are relatively new to Christchurch. And, uh, you know, there's different uh, sort of accommodation, different sort of, um, are they chalets? Is that what they're called? Uh, uh, cabins. Cabins, cabins, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> cabins for, uh, for different uh, families going up there. But we eat all together. We do trips out together. We play mm. rounders and games like that all together and work together. And yeah. so mm. one thing that particularly, you know, comes into my mind is me plus about seven or eight um, sort of five to seven-year-olds painting a fence. All, their, all of their parents, for some reason, had abandoned them, and uh, they were slopping paint all over this fence. And we ended up with more paint on ourselves than on the fence. Um, but it was wonderful, wonderfully bonding. And these um, these children just absolutely loved being there um, with adults, uh, living community. Uh, communally, playing games all together. It was a really wonderful time, even though there was a sickness bug that decimated oh, most yes, of us. Yeah. Uh, I escaped. The fact that a lot of people are still choosing to go, <laughs> go on the next church holiday when, uh, yeah, yeah, I remember that journey back was one of the... But I'll never forget time. that journey back. I had a, um, I was very sick in the night, so I was in the passenger seat with a sick bag between my knees, <laughs> and I was driving the car with a sick bag between her knees. And, um, but and we did Stephen make it back followed and, uh, us the whole way home. It was a nine-hour journey, Whoa. horrendous. We had a flat 
flat tyre for about five of those hours, <laughs> and Stephen didn't, didn't tell even us. Notice. Well, I just assumed, because that was on your side of the car, that you put on a bit of weight, Anna. Well, <laughs> thanks very much. <laughs> but yeah, Rachel no, was fine. You brought, was you brought Rachel to York, didn't you? And she was absolutely fine. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah, that's why Rachel went. Yeah. 19 years of terrible cooking at home probably <laughs> made, sure, made sure she was... <laughs> but it, was, was, it, was a it, was just, it was just one of many. I mean, there were yeah. things I could have picked out. The Grapevine Christmas meal uh, was absolutely wonderful just at the start of December. Unity Sunday... Uh, Ros Sainsbury's inspired harvest show. Mm. David um, Taylor's Alice. birthday. David Taylor's birthday. I mean, loads of great things over the last year. There's been yeah. some tough times mm. as well. Mm. Um, you know, there's been, um, you know, we've lost people uh, who died, who've been at the centre of, of church, mm. and much loved members. Mm. So there's been tough times as well as good times. There's been uh, disagreements. There's been um, things that have been quite uh, difficult at times. But basically, I think 2014 has been a a great year for Christchurch. Yeah. Yes, and hopefully 2015 will be too. So. Yeah, wonder what's ahead of us. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's all we've got time for today, but thank you for listening to this and to our other four shows in 2014. We'll be back again in January, but for more information in the meantime, you can visit our website, ccnm.org. And the website has recently been revamped. Steve Hill has put in hours and hours of very hard work. Yeah, it's looking great. But he's yeah, made a yep. new, amazing mobile version of the site has just been launched, especially for people who like to browse on smaller screens or on touch screens. Mm. So do check that out and let Steve know what you think. Uh, you can also um, like us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Christchurch New Malden or you can follow us on Twitter, at CCNM News. So from all of us here, Happy New Year. Happy New, Happy Year. New Year. Happy New Year.